0: The RV Show USA! Hi, it's
1: the RV Wingman and welcome to today's podcast. Before we begin, make sure and download my latest free RV report. It'll save you thousands when buying or selling an RV and prevent you from being ripped off. My latest report is available now at FreeRVReport.com.
2: The RV Show USA Start living the RV dream today
1: And welcome everybody. Glad you could join us. Alan Warren here, the RV wingman. Pull up a seat around my virtual campfire where we're sitting around talking about RVs and camping and just good old-fashioned fun with some of today's most popular RV influencers.
3: The RV Show USA Start living the
1: This virtual campfire is brought to you by the RV Dealers I Trust Network. RV Dealers I have personally vetted. RV Dealers I Trust. I think you can trust them too. Check them out at RVDealersITrust.com. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream. Hey everybody, Alan Warren here, the RV Wingman, and welcome to the show. We got a, got a full menu for you today. We're going to start it out talking about dogs, well, dogs and camping. I'll tell you, when I owned a campground, it seemed like at least half of the full-time RVers I met were dog owners. Now, I'm a dog lover. I got three of them that own me, and I can't imagine being happy without them, but I'm not a full-time RVer. If you're a dog owner and you're considering going full-time, I hope you'll think it through before you make your final decision. Now, when it comes to dog lovers, Carolyn Higgins is crazy about her dog, Sadie. Carolyn is a full-time solo RVer who is up now to share her thoughts on the pros and the cons of traveling with your dog in your RV.
4: Okay, so Sadie and I have four pros and four cons about living in an RV or a van or a vehicle, traveling even with a pet full-time. All right, the first con is that it really limits where you can go and for how long. If you want to live in an RV, you want to do some sightseeing, you want to be able to go on hikes and backpacking trips in national parks, then you're going to be really limited if you have a dog. Dogs are not allowed on any trails in national parks. That's a really big one for people who like to get out and hike. And if you want to go into a city and you want to go for uh, uh, to see a show or you want to go to a museum, it's always a concern having to leave your dog behind. So that's the first con of being a nomad living with your dog. It really does restrict what you can do. The second con is that you're constantly going to be in different situations and different environments. And that can be really stressful for not only you, but your dog. So if your dog hasn't been socialized a lot, if your dog if you're hitting the road and your dog has only lived in your house or in your backyard and hasn't gone for car rides with you, hasn't gone to the park with you, hasn't met other dogs and other people, hasn't gone camping with you, that can be really stressful for your dog. So know that ahead of time. Luckily, Sadie came... Sadie, this is the only life Sadie has known. Sadie came home from Best Friends Animal Society. Meet society. This is the only life she has known. But a lot of dogs who live traditionally, Traditional lives have, uh, have a little trouble transitioning into a nomadic life. It can be stressful being in a new place every day, every week, every couple of weeks for some dogs. So before you hit the road, you're going to have to start training your dog, going on trips, taking them everywhere with you, letting them sit in the car or the RV while you go into the store. You might have to acclimate them to this lifestyle. It can be very stressful for both of you. The third con is that vet care can be very challenging. If you travel a lot like me, you're in different states all the time. So when Sadie needs vet care, I'm really at the will of the reviews online. I'll Google a vet close to me. I'll read the reviews. I'll try to find the vet with the best reviews. But sometimes you're in a small town and you don't have a lot of choices. Especially in an emergency. So that can be a huge con. If you're used to your pet only seeing their favorite vet, being on the road, it's going to be impossible to only see that one vet. You don't know where you're going to be. Things are going to come up. They're going to get sick. They're going to break a toenail. They're going to eat something they shouldn't eat. And you're going to have to go see a vet you're not used to. And that can be challenging. It can cost you more money than it needs to. It can cause you more stress than it needs to. And you really need to be very good at carrying your records and making sure every time you go to a vet, you have your pet's full history. And the fourth con is that pet care can be expensive. It can be expensive to have a dog on the road. So if you're on a budget, you definitely have to take this into consideration. Food, medications, vet care, grooming, all of those things can really add up. So if you're on a budget, that can be a big deal, something to do definitely consider before getting a pet. And you don't want to skimp when it comes to your pet's care. You don't want to, because you're poor, buy them the cheapest food. Uh, I, I buy, Sadie's on science diet. She's on the best food I can give her because I want her to be healthy. So I'm very careful about what I feed her. And if you're thinking about getting a pet, and you're thinking, oh, I can just buy the cheapest dog food, you might want to rethink that if that's going to be what's best for the health of the dog. And now the pros. You know there's a lot of pros, but there might be a couple here that surprise you. Number one is companionship, especially if you're going to be solo, and especially if you are not very good at being alone. Uh, A lot of people tell me all the time, you're not alone, you have a dog, and that's very true. Boy, when I lost Capone... Oh, I mean, I, I went a year living on the road without a dog, and it's very, very different. Of course, I adjusted, and it was okay. The grieving part was the hardest. But having a dog is just great companionship. And it actually, there are studies that show that, that people who have dogs have higher survival rates, fewer heart attacks, they're less lonely, they have better blood pressure. There's a lot of really good reasons that that to have a dog that their companionship brings to your well-being. Number two uh, pro is it really is good for your mental health. Pets, dogs especially, help reduce anxiety, stress, help with depression. So it's a really good idea if you struggle with any of those things Um, mental health challenges, it might be a really good idea for you to get a dog on the road as long as the cons aren't going to be too overwhelming for you. So dogs are really, really good for your mental health as well. The third pro is exercise. Dogs can really keep you healthy, especially if you get somebody, <laughs> something like Sadie. I mean, this dog, she needs a lot of exercise, and so she gets me out, even sometimes when I don't want to. She reminds me, I need to take a break from work and go out and play. I get a lot of exercise because of Sadie, because she needs a lot of exercise. So, if you're someone who likes to get outside, or needs to get outside, or wants to get outside more, a dog might be a really good choice for you to help you get motivated to go outside and get more exercise. Like I said, dogs can actually improve your cardiovascular health. So that's a, that's a proven fact in the studies that I have seen. And the final pro, and I'm sure a lot of you have already thought about this, is safety. A lot of people just feel safer with a dog. And depending on the kind of dog, I mean, a little chihuahua probably isn't going to scare off anybody who might be wanting to come to cause problems. And I honestly don't even know. A lot of people have said that if anybody um, wanted to mess with me, Sadie would would not have that at all. That Sadie would probably react to that. I don't know. I don't really want to know. But what she is good, she's an excellent alarm system if anything moves outside my rig at night this girl lets me know even when I'm camped with friends people she knows and loves and like adores If they come outside at night, she barks. She lets me know they're outside. It's kind of weird, even when she knows people. But that level of safety can provide a lot of comfort and peace of mind for people, especially people who might be afraid to do this in the beginning, might be afraid to be alone. But whether or not your dog is going to physically protect you, they can be a great, even a chihuahua can be a great alarm system. And of course, if you really are concerned about your safety and you want something that's going to protect you, the bigger dog with the bigger bark is going to be a little bit more intimidating. So I think that that, that safety and having a um, built-in alarm system is a really great pro for having a dog.
1: All right. You got to admit that that was some excellent info, right? And some good things to consider before you take the leap to full-time RVing with your pooch. Not all dogs take to traveling. Just like people have different personalities, each of my three dogs has their own little quirks and temperament. Introducing your dog to camping and RVing is best done by taking baby steps. If you want your dog to love the jump in the RV, it's got to be fun for them. And they got to feel safe or else they and you may be buttonheads. heads. Another nice segment from Carolyn Higgins for sure, who is about as real a person as you'll ever meet. And she's always serving up some very good advice. Check her out on YouTube, if you would. Her channel is called Carolyn's RV Life. And of course, we have a link to Carolyn and tons of other smart RVers on our website at thervshowusa.com. Helping you to learn. So you won't get burned. He's back on radio again. All right, let's see. Up now, we're going to bring up the subject of, wait for it, guns, firearms, and traveling with them. Is it a good idea? A bad idea? Or does it depend Well, according to the RV Odd Couple, they are strong proponents of carrying firearms with them when they are traveling, not just to protect themselves, but to protect their daughter Sage in case the unthinkable happens. No matter how you feel about firearms, I hope you will listen to this segment and take what the Odd Couple says into consideration— I'll be back after the story with my thoughts on the absolute best resource to help you learn the ins and outs of traveling with a firearm legally.
5: We are not professional firearms people. Nope. We're not teaching anyone how to use a firearm. It's not our job. It's not what we do. We're not showing you how to make ammunition.
3: We're not selling
5: We're not selling any firearms or ammunition. All we're doing is sharing our experience and why we think it's so important that our viewers have a means to protect themselves. And the reason why is, is because you're your best line of defense and you should be ready to defend yourself and your family at all times.
3: Yeah, I mean this is one of the realities of our RVing is that when you're traveling to different cities and different locations, you don't know if you're in a good part of town or a bad part of town. The the line between the the good side of the tracks and the bad side of the tracks is really thin. You don't know where it is. You have no idea. Heavy populated cities are like not exactly the safest, right? I mean, there's some really good areas of town and in big cities. I'm not trying to condemn all big cities. But like there's more types of crime and stuff like that. On the flip side, when you're in a remote location, it can take a really long time for the authorities to to get you hours. Yeah. A remote place and being in a city has its pros and cons as well. Every
5: RVer out there should have some type of a defense system that they're comfortable with. Yeah. Right. And so I think that every RVer should carry a gun if they're allowed to do so legally. Now, with that said, you should be properly trained. You should get properly licensed. Yeah, shouldn't break any laws.
3: And I disagree with that. I don't necessarily think firearms are for everyone. And that's okay. You know, Um, like we have a good friend, Kim. She talks about if she had a firearm, the assailant would take it from her and use it against her. Right. And so
5: serious consideration. Yeah.
3: And so if you don't feel comfortable with the firearm, I think that that's, you know, we're not trying to tell you what to choose. I think it's about giving you all the information so you can make the best choices for yourself and your family. I mean, because we're total opposites, right? John would like to mount the firearms on the walls and use them as RV decor. No, and that's not our. It's
5: I don't totally want that as RV decor. It's when you're considering where to hide your weapons. We have a kid in the house, okay. And so if I put them up and lock them high, Sage couldn't possibly get at those. Yeah, I'm not. That's happy. the only reason I. That's the only reason I asked you if I could do that. It wasn't to put my firearms in the wall. It was it's safe storage to keep them away from
3: Sage. Yeah, I think it was totally decor. Not it was, true. It was totally decor. So, so everyone has their different preferences, right? Um, but as far as our goes, it's really going to depend on which states you're traveling, even which counties and cities you're traveling through. So don't just assume that like, because in one state, this is okay to travel with your firearm like this, that it's in another, or don't just assume that because you have a concealed carry that it works in every single state because they don't. So we all have a responsibility. If we are going to take on this, which is our right, if we are going to take that on, then you have a really strong responsibility to find out as much as you can about it. But as RVers specifically, there's certain nuances you need to know about. Like, for example, if you're in a motor home versus if you're in a travel trailer or a towable, it's a totally different dynamic. Well,
5: depending on the states, guys. Yes. And every state has its own rules, how to transport them, how you
3: can carry them, where you can carry them. It's tricky. And and here's what I want to point out with the motorhome versus the towable. So with the motorhome, you can walk through the cockpit all the way to the back of the motorhome usually. It's like all one vehicle, one vessel, right? With the towable, be it a fifth wheel, be it a travel trailer, you have to like get out of the truck. And stop,
5: walk back, get in, and then have to get into a concealed location. Some states actually want you to lock up both the firearm and the uh, ammunition ammunition separately. separately.
3: Yeah, which is, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff you guys have to look into here. And it's really important not to skimp on this, especially if it's just the two of you traveling or if you have kids. But with kids, you have another danger because you don't just have to protect against the outside world. You have to protect the insiders as well. And so this is kids- something
5: This is something that scares me every single day, you guys, yeah. is Sage getting into my places. So I have an extremely high responsibility yeah. to make sure that Sage can never access my firearms. And if she did, she could never possibly... Pull the trigger and gate fi- yeah. right. Fire the firearm.
3: And I think no matter whether you have a firearm or not especially if you don't have a firearm, you need to have a plan when you scope out an RV park. Like we like RV parks that have gates, you know? Security. Yeah, but even some of the gates are really just like a little aluminum pole that you could totally easily get through if you really wanted to. So so really your safety and your security is incumbent upon yourself. Right. You can't put that on anyone else's shoulders. It's square on your shoulders.
5: Yeah, and like Mercedes was talking about earlier, depending on the state that you're in, yeah. there's going to be all kinds of different rules rules for different states, where you are RVing, how you transport, where you carry them, how you can carry them. I've got a certain protocol that I use and I've got to pay close attention to where they are. When I travel, it's always within reach. My firearm is all, always within reach.
3: Yeah. Which I mean is good because if you, heaven forbid you need it, you need it accessible, but it's also carries with it a certain amount of danger as well. Having it so, so near to you, heaven forbid the wrong person sees it. They assume something they right. shouldn't assume. You just have to be so careful and either direction. Whether you have them, you have to be careful. And if you don't have them, you have to be extra careful as well.
5: So I went ahead and got licensed in my home state of Florida. I got my concealed carry. I'm also very aware of which states reciprocate with Florida. And I've got to be super careful crossing into a state. I believe that everyone in this country right now who carries a firearm should carry insurance because you could be locked up for a very long time while they try to figure out if you had the right to do what you did.
3: But like we said earlier, there's a a lot of people out there that should not be carrying firearms <laughs> And it shouldn't. Firearms are not the first line of defense. They're like the last line of defense. There's so many other things, preventative measures that you can take that will keep you, hopefully, from even having to ever pull out your firearm. Right. And
5: the reason most people won't carry a firearm is, is quite frankly, they're afraid of firearms. Guys, there is so so. much training out there nowadays. And if you're uncomfortable with it, Mercedes was terrified of firearms. Oh my gosh. But before I would marry her, believe it or not, this is a true story, I made her go to a firing range and actually I bought her a new uh, Ruger uh, 9 and I made her fire the weapon and it was a nightmare. It, it was, was horrible. It was worse than when I was trying to train her how to drive guys. The RV? Because yeah. the, the whole firing lanes were full about 25 lanes and every time she's, she was shaking more than she was holding the trigger. It
3: was terrifying. I had to step
5: back and let somebody the else the worst teacher ever. I'm not a good I'm, 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 I guess I'm not a very good teacher he's with not. my wife but he's I've trained not. my kids how to shoot. they all not all my children know how to shoot. Yeah. Bottom line is I, I had to <laughs> bottom line is I had to pay somebody to train Mercedes because I yeah. just couldn't do no, it. No, it.
3: it's true. He did. He did have to slip the guy right. a bill to like, and and you know what? That's another thing too. When you are going to do the training, be true to yourself. Like he should not be tr- teaching me how to do anything because when he tells me what to do, I'm like, don't tell me how to live my life. You know? So he's have a professional teach you. <laughs>
5: So we carry two types of insurance because we do carry uh, we do carry firearms. The two insurance we carry is what USCCA. We carry a policy with them, both Mercedes yeah. and I, and, and the other Law one Shield. is and we carry Law Shield. Yeah, and this is just in case we are ever forced yeah. to discharge our firearms in protection of our life or security. Heaven forbid someone will come in to represent us and hopefully get us out of jail as soon as they possibly can. Yeah, now, I really do believe that if you can le- legally carry a gun, you should carry gun. Mercedes and I just disagree, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, but I think you have a responsibility to yourself and your family, and I also think you even have a responsibility to your neighbors, yeah. you know, as RVers. But some people just don't get it. They don't want to carry.
1: Another great topic and an important topic presented, I think, in a very fair and balanced way. Now, as you heard, the laws on carrying firearms can vary greatly from state to state. So being safe and staying legal are super important. Remember, ignorance is no excuse for not following the law. If you'd like to learn all about gun laws, my favorite resource is a website called Gun Laws, put it together, gunlaws.com. There's so much great information there. Thanks to both John and Mercedes again for bringing us such great content. You know, that's what the RV Odd Couple does. As they say, they are all about God, family, and country. And they're some of my favorite people Check them out on YouTube at RV Odd Couple, And yes, we have a link to them on our website Good job, guys And thanks for tuning in Alan Warren here, the RV Wingman And for the next few minutes, the message might be Stop trying to fit in Stop following everybody else who's trying to be cool But instead, to be you you, the one in eight billion people. You, this is one of those things that sounds easy but does hard. I think it's a human condition that we want to fit in. We want to feel like we're a part of a group. So what do we do? We begin acting like, dressing like, talking like everybody else in the group. But is that who you are really? Well, if you don't know the Dry Creek Wrangler, you're in for a treat. Dwayne Noel is a unique person who is comfortable being who he is. And today he's got a message for those people who may be trying to fit in instead of trying to figure out who they really are.
0: I want to ask you a question, all right? What makes you uniquely you? I think a lot of times folks, especially young folks who I tend to empathize with and speak to more often, they're not comfortable because they're going along with a society that's around them and they're trying to fit in the framework uh, of what everyone around them or on whatever social media they're on says that they should be, how they should look, uh, how they should conduct themselves. And you can't be comfortable with yourself if you don't know who yourself is and you can't know who yourself is. If you don't stop looking, and how everybody around you is. Uh, and start looking at what makes you comfortable and what makes you uniquely you. There's roughly close to, I guess, about 8 billion people on this planet. Uh, but there's only one you. Uh, would you stand out in a crowd? Not in a bad way. Uh, what makes you you doesn't need to be something that's immoral uh, or obnoxious or, uh, or uncomfortable. Uh, But just uniquely you, just you. Uh, I spent a lot of years in Alaska, a lot of years riding in Alaska and then riding, you know, in Wyoming and Colorado and other places. And over the years, I've developed me, me, what works for me, what I like, what I'm comfortable with, whether it be my wardrobe, whether it be the beard, whether it be the hair. Uh, whether it be the rifles and the handguns that I carry when I'm hunting and out in the woods, whatever it is, it's me. And I don't ask, what is everybody around me doing? And so that's what I need to do. When I went and got the job in Colorado, uh, when I showed up, I was me and I had the Filson vests and I had a big old long beard and, uh, I saw no need to change. I saw no need to go start buying uh, short sleeve pearl snap shirts and, and straw hats, uh, square-toed uh, Cayman boots, and I saw no need to change. I, w- I was me. And I could cowboy uh, being me the same as I could cowboy trying to look like somebody else. Uh, the I shaved the beard after a while because during branding, and, uh, that time of year, we spent a lot of time out in the, in the lots and in the pens with the cattle. And there was so much wind and so much dust that it just stayed dirty all the time. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it decent. I couldn't keep it nice. And so I shaved it because that's what I needed to do for me. But then when I got to where it was practical again, I grew it back out. Why? Because it's me. Um, because it's me and, You'll not find confidence in yourself if you don't know who yourself is. You won't find confidence in yourself if you're so busy trying to figure out what everybody around you thinks you ought to be and then match that. Because you're not going to make people around you happy. You're not going to. Okay? Um, And uh, so you need to be you uh, young ladies, society, social media says that you need to dress and conduct yourself like you're making money on a street corner in LA somewhere and you're like there's something deep inside of you that's like eh, it's kind of cheap. I, I don't know. don't do it. Don't do it. be you, be you, okay. Don't let social media and culture and television and media tell you how you should be and what you should be and who you should be. Now, again, there are people who will use that as an excuse to be immoral or to be obnoxious or to be hateful uh, or to be uh, irritating. I'm not talking about that. Okay. Um, I'll give an example here that my wife has warned me I should not give, and I'm probably going to regret it because my wife is the wiser of the two, and usually when I don't follow her advice, I pay for it. Uh, now, my last name is N-O-E-L. We pronounce it Noel, but there's others who pronounce it Noel. My last name literally means Christmas. That's what it means. Now, listen to what I'm saying, and listen to all of my words when I say this, okay? I don't celebrate Christmas now we bought some Christmas gifts for the grandkids we don't I don't have a problem with Christmas I don't have a problem with Christmas I don't have a problem with those who celebrate Christmas and when people say wish me a Merry Christmas I happily wish it back I hope you do have a Merry Christmas uh it's good am I a Christian yes I am Do I believe uh, in the birth of Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Do I believe he was born of a virgin? Do I believe in Bethlehem and all? Of course I do. Absolutely I do. Um, But I think over the years we've become lockstep and we've completely lost what it's about. And I've gotten to the point where I said, you know, if a Christian is only a Christian on Christmas and Easter, is he really even a Christian? And, uh, And then, you know, all the other stuff, I read too much. I used to read a lot, study too much and knowledge is a burden. And a lot of our Christmas traditions, I studied out where they came from and where they actually began, which was long before, um, what we recognize today. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't really want to carry on that. And so, but my point is not that you shouldn't do it. My point is, this is me and although I'm in a culture and in a society where everybody's doing it, I don't do it. I'm perfectly fine with everybody else doing it, but I'm just not comfortable with it. I'm me. So you just be confident in you. When when my wife and I, we go when we go out, we go shopping, I try not to separate, which means I'll follow her through the groceries I'll follow her through the vegetable aisle and uh, I'll follow her through all that because, um, if we separate invariably with my bad knee, I'm limping all over the store trying to find her. Uh, and, uh, but sometimes we get separated and she comes looking for me and she never has any trouble finding me. Cause I kind of stand out. All right. I kind of stand out. Um, I, uh, I don't look like the sheep, alright, I'm me. I want to wear an old black felt hat, I do. I want a beard, I grow it. Uh, My hair's getting kinda long, yeah it is. What are you gonna do? Uh, Nothing. Mama likes it, I like it, it's different uh, than what everybody around me is doing. It's definitely different in the cowboy world and I'm not intimidated by that, okay, I'm me. It's not a bad thing to be unique. It's not a bad thing to be different. It's not a bad thing to be comfortable with yourself, regardless of what everybody else around you is doing.
1: If you're watching the video version of this show, do you think that Dwayne is trying to look cool? Or is Dwayne just trying to look like Dwayne? From my perspective, all of us, that includes you, includes me, all of us are constantly being influenced by the things around us. And much of the time, it's to either separate us from our money or to fit in with a certain way of thinking. Finding out who someone is, who you are, who I am, is not easy. But I'll tell you, once you do, once you figure out who you are, it really doesn't matter much what other people may think. Before we hit the break, my takeaway is to try and not follow the crowd. Most are trying to fit in, to be cool, to be accepted. Try and discover who you are. Once you do, I think it's kind of liberating. Check out the Dry Creek Wrangler. He'll surely help you think, and that's a good thing. The name of his YouTube channel is, of course, Dry Creek Wrangler. We've also got a link to his website from ours. Stick around. There's more ahead right here on the RV Show USA. Hey, it's the RV Wingman, and before we roll into our next segment, I want to invite you to join me around my virtual campfire on YouTube. That's right. The RV Show USA has a YouTube channel where you'll find the video version of today's radio show. And welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm the RV Wingman. Now, when you look at most RVs, you see storage compartments galore. And your initial thought might be, man, we can carry almost everything with us. I mean, why would they make storage space to keep it empty, right? Well, with a little bit more drilling down on the subject, all RVs, all of them, have a maximum gross weight. What that forces us to do is to be very selective about what's mandatory that we take with us and what is desired, what we wish we could take with us. It is a challenge. But especially for those who ditch everything and transition from a few thousand square feet down to about 300 square feet that transition is not easy and there's a lot to consider and a lot to do if you're going to do it right up now are some friends of ours who have definitely figured out how to do it right and it took them about two years to do kent and lisa from living light rv are canadians And the challenges they had going full time are pretty much the same challenges that we have here in the lower 48. So, where do we start?
6: Number one is going to be your permanent address. This is a question we get asked
2: all the time. All right. So here's what we did. We went into the funnel and we set up a permanent address at the same time so that when we were in the funnel, we didn't get any mail there. You better explain what the funnel is. Okay. The funnel is where we downsized from our house into a one, no, two bedroom condo for about a year. And then we went full time in our RV. So at that funnel, at that two bedroom condo, no mail. Okay. So we had an they knew address. It was so temporary. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't want to change addresses every two mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. So what we did instead was we said, okay, this is our permanent address. What did we do? We set up a PO box, but it's a PO box with service. Okay, so we can actually make a phone call and say, anything in our mailbox? Um, can you forward it to a new address and we'll give them an address and pay them to do that it's a service it's okay awesome yeah uh, they're agents for us yeah. they'll sign for packages so there's people there during business hours hmm
6: mm-hmm. that's what we did so we have had people ask us and tell us that in certain provinces in Canada now you guys know we're Canadian yeah so most of this video is gonna be geared towards Canadians who want to do full-time RV life but some of it will apply to the States you you'd be the judge of that But yep. anyway so a lot of provinces have a rule that says that you have to have a residential, a permanent residential address in yeah. order to get your pension check, in order to what to have a driver's license. Healthcare. Healthcare, exactly. So if that's the case in your province and you are planning on going full-time RV life, you yeah. are hoping to pull up all the stakes, pull up all the routes, you're not gonna have a house, you're gonna be living in your class A, your class C, your truck and camper, whatever it is. My recommendation would be to relocate. Like just change provinces. If you are in Ontario and Ontario says you're not allowed to do that, go to a province that says you are allowed to do that. Yeah. Because really you're not losing anything. You're not, you're not an Ontarian anymore. You're a nomad. You're going to be without those uh, physical roots. All right. Number two is your internet provider. This is something that everybody asks, what am I going to do about internet while I'm living on the road yeah I'm just checking my internet <laughs> provider <laughs> okay sounds good yep. take it away Ken this is totally his, his bag more than so mine. we have a shared plan
2: and we use Rogers in Canada and we now have over 75 gigs of data per month um, it's the right price Uh, It's not a big deal. And we also have some other data that we borrow a uh, Wi-Fi and pay for it every month too. Uh, A Mi-Fi, something
6: like that. And so when we're at the campground, we've got all the data covered. Uh, And you may pay a little more for your data. If you're going to do data roaming, if you're going to add more... What is that called to the package? The data amount.
2: Adding more, more, more data. More
6: data to your program to yeah, your plan. That's what it's called. So just consider that part of your rent, yeah. right? You're not paying a mortgage. You're not paying rent. You are paying extra for your internet, but that's okay. Another thing in the states is M- make the call and say, "I need more data." What
2: choices yeah. do you have for me? Don't just keep paying five gigs per month more yeah, yeah, yeah. and get forty get of a, those. Get a bigger too package. expensive. Yeah.
6: Another thing in the states that we used is Visible. Yeah. That was excellent. That is
2: a Verizon product. It's a standalone company called Visible. And we, for $40 US a month, had unlimited data. And uh, that was amazing. We could hotspot one one device. And if you have friends that sign up for Visible and you connect that, now it gets down to about $25 US a month. Mm-hmm. We liked that. Yeah. That was excellent.
6: Third topic that we want to talk to you about today is, of course, mail. What do you do about your mail? What about getting your mail? Yeah, how so, do you get it when you're traveling from here to here to here to here? And you're always on the move. Key, Good number, key number one: Make sure that you get less That's mail. That's right. Exactly. You want to put everything as much as possible online. So you're going yeah. to use e-post, e-bill, um, whatever your services that you want to do. Get everything on online so that you're not having to receive anything. Paper. You don't
2: want a stack of mail like this every single week that you need to go through and find out which are the ones that actually are important. You don't care about the Safeway flyer and the Costco flyer and the Costco book. You know, you can look at it when you need it. Cancel all
6: your magazine subscriptions and just buy them at the store once in a while. There
2: is another way to get rid of all of that, and that is to transfer from selling your house, living in a uh, funnel, (laughs) um, having your mail at a agency, and the agency goes.
6: Oh,
4: well, yeah, these are the will.
2: important things. Oh, and by the way, for Publishers Clearinghouse, you don't have to give them a forwarding address they can just say, oh, undeliverable. And you'll get rid of a whole oh, bunch of stuff. No, then
6: you won't win your millions and millions of about, rich dollars. You won't,
2: you won't get the email that the mail on it that has Ed exactly. McMahon's face on it anymore. Exactly. I don't exactly. know if they even do that anymore.
6: I just want to make a note here. The agency that we, that we use is the UPS store. Yeah. So in, in Canada, that's what we use. And yep. I know there are other ones in the States and other places in Canada, but UPS is the one that has been working really well for us. Yes. Another thing you can do is amazon locker so if you're making an amazon order you can just send it to a locker that's close to where you happen to be that week so that is helpful another thing is most canada post offices and in the states we found this as well uh general delivery so just find yeah. the address of your local post office in the area that you are and get your stuff sent to general delivery um i think it's your name care of general delivery and then whatever the address is for that particular post yeah. office and then track the package so you know when it comes in go in and say I'm, I'm here to pick up my mail from general delivery and that yeah. that's worked well for us that worked for us in seaside oregon yeah. and in uh Okotoks. Uh, Alberta. Uh, another thing you can do is just get your friends or family to forward your mail. So again, like if you are using that, let's say it's your, your daughter's address or your permanent address, get your mail sent there. When it gets a certain amount, it fits in an envelope, ship it to wherever you're going to be for the next week yep. or two. And that's another way to take care of that. Vehicle
2: insurance. I'm going to talk about, first of all, your car. Uh, you can keep using the same one, but just make sure that you tell them the style of use that you're going to use with it. Um, if it's... Um, If it's being towed four down, you're going to be clicking on some kilometers um, each time you tow and drive around. So you might tell your insurance broker, by the way, I'm not sure how many kilometers this year, but it's not for business. It's more for pleasure, Mm -hmm. but it might be a little bit more, maybe a little less kilometers. How can we make sure I'm still covered? Yes. And your motorhome insurance. Now, there's a few different ways to do this. I just said I need an RV insurance and I was talking to my broker and he says, oh, no problem. And he gave me with the year and model and everything. "Here's Here's your answer. It was very few questions and I got full insurance on it and I just renew it every single year.
6: Yeah, exactly. So ask questions. Uh, the other thing I would say is find out exactly what you need because we're talking RV life on a shoestring budget here so you don't necessarily want the the most expensive insurance package and you don't necessarily want like all the bells and whistles so when you're talking to your brokers say, look here's the deal I want the cheapest whatever it is the cheapest that I can get by to have my vehicle legally on the road to make sure that I can get on with my life so that's that's what you're looking for and if you find it really important ask them you know what if I live in this for the next two years
2: and I'm and between houses um, is that a problem right yeah, you can always ask that that yeah. question to clarify things. And then so, they will answer the, pro- the the question, whether it's a problem or not. Yeah. And you might want to have content insurance
6: that's yes. bought some other way. I don't know. It depends on yes. your situation. It depends on your situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so it's, this has always been a hard video for us to make because we're like, oh, it's so personal and so individual. Yeah. But vehicle insurance is one of those things that is personal. It's individual to every situation. All the insurance. age of your vehicle, the province you live in, how far are you going to drive, all that stuff. Most
2: so, insurance is personal. It's like it life is. insurance, health insurance, all okay. that we're going to go there in a second. Oh, that's
6: right. But yeah, so basically what you're looking for is talk to a broker. Don't necessarily go to an insurance company right away. Go to a broker first. And they will shop for you. They'll shop for you and they'll find out what, what you actually need.
1: You know, downsizing and ditching things that you've held on to for years is easier said than done. But I'm told once you get past it, and living lighter, the stresses of life can seem to disappear. Now there's several businesses that specialize in providing a permanent address and mail service, like Lisa and Kent were talking about. Those services can they can ditch all your junk mail and let you know when something personal or important arrives. But what about the topic of I don't know, health care for people who are full-timers? What happens when you have a medical emergency? Well, it happened to Kent and Lisa, and next week they're going to cover it. I hope you'll check out Living Light RV and my Canadian friends. They're, gosh, they're such nice people. They're living life, as Lisa says, by the tail, T-A-L-E, T-A-L-E. We have a link to them, of course, on our website at vrvshowusa.com. All right, they're giving me the signal to wrap it up. But before we do, to get the latest version of my free RV report showing you how to save thousands of dollars when buying a new RV and learn how to not get ripped off, you can download it right now on our website. Yes, you can at TheRVShowUSA.com. And remember, if you're looking for a great RV dealer to do business with, I hope you'll check out those of the RV Dealers I Trust Network. Providing the absolute best buying and ownership experience ever. Go to rvdealersitrust.com. And finally, a special thanks to you for joining me around our virtual campfire. Till next time, I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. The RV
3: Show USA. Start living the RV dream.